Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Jordana Levine and today I've got a very earth-based episode for you. Following last week's Taurus full moon which in true Taurus style was all about practicality and specifically being practical with material matters such as finances in order to reap the full moon rewards of abundance. I thought it might be nice to give you guys a little helping hand. If you've been listening to this show for a while you'll know that I'm all about the practical application of the energies offered to us astrologically. And in the last episode, I told you to go and sort your finances out. And then I kind of just left you to your own devices, which in hindsight probably wasn't fair. So today I've brought on special guest Jimmy Truthewey to help us get our finances in order. Jimmy is a financial advisor who, side note, you'll learn never really enjoyed maths, and he's going to give you some really helpful tips on how you can start to not only understand money better from a really earth sign-based practical perspective, but also the importance of shifting our energy and the way we think, speak, and feel about money because it's just as important as the former. And I think that's what I connected with the most when it came to Jimmy's advice. He totally understands the conscious, spiritual and energetic frequency of money is just as paramount as the tangible, practical aspect of it. Monday to Friday, Jimmy runs James Street Financial, but you might be more familiar with his ambassador work with WWF Australia and Earth Hour or his interludes with The Bachelor franchise. I got so much out of this episode in regards to managing my own finances, in particular my super, and I'm confident that no matter where you sit financially and what kind of a relationship you currently have with money, you'll benefit a heap from this conversation too. Just as a caveat, the insights shared today are general information in nature and not to be taken as personal financial advice. For advice specific to your individual situation, please consult a financial advisor. As always, if you enjoy this episode, please take a screenshot on your phone and share it to your Instagram stories, tagging me at Jordana Levine and tagging Jimmy at jimmys.paradise. You know, my name is Jimmy Trithui. I'm here today to talk to you about finances and um, I guess why I'm qualified to, to do so, uh, you know, I guess nine to five or, or Monday to Friday, uh, I spend my time uh, running a financial services business uh, and giving everyday people, um, business owners, 
uh, kind of all walks of life, financial advice, uh, and I guess telling them how to be good with their money, how to invest, um, you know, what the hell superannuation is, why you should care. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and uh, yeah, kind of getting them on track. So I think the best way to think of a financial advisor is like a, a life coach yeah. for your money. Yeah. Okay. So I was always kind of under the assumption that only really, really wealthy people with large amounts of money needed a financial advisor. But is that is that the case? No, like everybody needs a financial advisor. Uh, it's becoming harder to help everybody because of the government uh, with the basically the regulations and things. So what you find is a lot of firms will have a big client base of wealthy clients. Uh, and that doesn't mean to say that everybody can't benefit from it. I mean, everybody got there somehow. So, you know, yeah. there's, there's a lot of things out there. So I'm really big on, you know, sharing tips and wisdom. And I think that if you really understand it, you're going to save yourself a world of pain. And, you know, I think you're just going to feel a lot better in your life and in control. And, um, you know, I think, whatever limiting beliefs, you know, you kind of have, um, you, it, it's such a good thing. And when you're on top of it and you can set yourself up, well, uh, it, it kind of balances all the other areas of your life. I think, you know, the biggest stresses in life, um, you know, a, a lot of them are money, uh, and, and work and, you know, how you're going to kind of, you know, pay a mortgage down or, or retire. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, so it's huge. Yeah, I guess finances really are like the foundation for most things in our life, whether we want to um, give much weight to money or not. Like you can't really help it. Like to survive in the world, you, you sort of have to have finances at the helm of a lot of the stuff that you do. And the thing as well is that in society, people don't really talk about it. So yes. I'm in a bit of a privileged position where I'll just like <laughs> – People might be like, oh, but even if, you know, you're seeing, you're talking to uh, someone you've just met and I'm like, oh yeah, how much did you pay for that? Like, you know, what's your income? And I don't really care because I, I, like, if you think of it, I'm a specialist doctor kind of, but for your finance. So yeah. um, you, you, you know, everything about everybody's situation and, uh, you know, and that, and, you know, people are kind of quite um, private when it comes to that. And, sh and so you should be, I'm not meaning you should talk about it, but when you don't, talk to people about how you're feeling or what's going on you're bottling up that energy and it can impact your life yeah and I guess a lot of the the emotions that people have around money are things like shame guilt um sort of like uh, miseducation maybe like not feeling embarrassed about yeah their embarrassed finances. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And and look, even I've been there. I'm not an. I'm, I wasn't always like an expert, you know. Like I, 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 you know, I've kind of been through that. And I'm like, and I look back, and I'm like, oh god, you know, if I knew the stuff I knew now, geez, I'd be light years ahead of um, yeah. you know, where I am now. And <laughs> um, but what I want to share is just, it's not too late to start. And the mm. thing is, you need to really just say, hey, look, it doesn't matter. Um, everybody's you know, been, you know, made, you know, poor financial decisions or, you know, not really understood things. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, um, you know, it's your fault. Like, I mean, I really kind of, I'm not big on blaming, but I think that it really should start in the education system. Yeah. And, 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 and I mean, 
if we were really equipped to step out of the door of school uh, ready to go and, and you know, handle life, everybody would be so much, um, you know, further ahead. But instead, um, you know, they're life lessons and you learn along the way. And, um, you know, it's good because with those lessons, you wouldn't know what you wouldn't want if you didn't go through them. And, Absolutely, you know, yeah. It's all about that journey. So, Absolutely. The, but, but you've got to gonna say, hey, uh, enough's enough. Let's 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 face it, front it, face the, you know, shine the light on it. Um, you know, even even opening bank statements and things like people don't do that because of the fear of you <laughs> yeah. know credit card bills and debts. And, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm interested. I'm interested, Jimmy. What was your education around money growing up? Like, did you openly talk about it at home? Was it something that you were always interested in? What, no, what, was, no, it? what no. was the story? No, I'm, I'm definitely not your typical banking finance guy. I'm actually more in your world, like in, in, in like I'm, you know, hugely spiritual. I uh, had a lot of beautiful experiences in my life. Uh, I was always, um, you know, a bit more sporty, adventurous out there. Um, I remember dad being like, oh, you know, you should do commerce. And I was like, no, I'm going to do auto mechanics with the yeah. boys. And, <laughs> um, yeah, you know. It was kind of fun, and then um, yeah, I, I guess like I travelled and everything. But I was never, I was in, I was in. Um, I'm not going to admit it doesn't affect my work now, but um, I was in like math C. You know, I wasn't even in the. Uh, it's just all the algebra and equations and things like that. The math that I do in this is more around percentages, calculations, and investing, and mm. um, it's really like money 101 that we should have been taught, which is interesting. I mean, you know. How many times do you do you look at a car and think how many watermelons you can fit in that thing? <laughs> Never. <laughs> That's the sort of stuff they teach us. How many clouds um, fit in the car? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so look, I travelled a bit. I went to uni. Uh, I was more in a marketing um, education and study, and, and graduated with marketing. Then I worked for a couple of years. I graduated through the GFC, uh, and I, I just started something, and I absolutely hated what I was doing. Um, so. I kind of got a blank piece of paper and I just was like, well, look, you know, if I could do anything, what would it be? And it was sort of like, you know, really love helping people. Um, you know, I like strategy and coming up with things. Um, I think a long-term relationship, um, you, you know, it, it is a bit of sales, but long-term it's not like a, like a gold chain and a, and a used car or, or TV and, um, and I kind of put all this stuff together. It was like flexibility around a working life and things. And um, yeah, people were like, oh, that sounds like financial advice. I was like, what? And uh, <laughs> um, this is how bad it was. I, like I called dad up and, and I said, oh, is this what you do? And he's like, uh, yeah. And I was like, I thought you were just some investment accounting guy. I didn't really understand. I had no interest before that. Yeah. And um, so my education in this space uh, kicked off then and, and that was about 10 years ago yeah wow. um, and yeah so I, I kind of just um you know I landed in it and I was weirdly good at it it was like the first time I was like topping grades and stuff and I was like what? what's going on so it, it ended up that um yeah I kind of landed in something that um I, like I really love really passionate about I love helping people mm. and um you know it's it's just been so beneficial and so you know, I'm always learning, but, um, you know, really in that last 10 years, I'd say I'd gone from, you know, zero knowledge 
uh, to, you know, pretty well all over it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess yeah. when you're really passionate about something as well, you just kind of absorb as much knowledge as you can. It's really exciting. Yeah. Well, like I was like, look, you know, uh, I'm, I'm competing against uh, these 60-year-old guys who have done it all their life. Um, the, the, the best thing you can do with whatever it is is become a master of your craft and yeah. throw everything into that. And, you know, if you, if you come out and you, you do that, uh, suddenly you'll be kind of leading the pack or, or up there, you know? It's so interesting what you said about um, maths and not being particularly, you know, top of the maths class at school because one of the biggest blocks I think that I've had around money is this story I tell myself that I'm a words gal and that I'm not a numbers girl. And yep. that's the reason that I don't understand money and oh, I look, I'll just get someone else to do it because I'm not a numbers person. But really yep. at the end of the day, it is quite simple. It is quite simple maths, isn't it? It's not, you don't have it to is. be, you don't have no. to be particularly interested in it or good at it to be able to understand money. No, I'll tell you a secret. I was counting on my fingers when I started and now I'm getting better, but um, like I don't need to do that anymore. So um, like le legitimately it, it is just, um, you know, understanding the principles of, mm. of what you're doing. And, and I think just, you know, when you've got a bit of an idea, then you can reach out and get some help too from an expert or, you know, read some stuff and, and set it up. But largely at the early years, it's, it's about, kind of setting up a solid foundation and you know when you've got a really good foundation and you're set up well then the thing's not going to come crumbling down mm. and it's going to let you build that over the years and you know maybe you don't need advice like all the way through maybe just to set up but then once you're there um you know you're on the way like you've got a it's about having a roadmap and a plan and knowing like you know, where you're heading and why and, and what's important to you and what you're looking for. And um, once you align that with your, you know, your energy, your goals, your passion, your vision, and the finance bit comes into it and, and work and everything, um, you know, then you've got a, you've got a cool little roadmap. Um, and then when you have that roadmap, you've just got to be, um, I kind of liken it to, you know, someone saying, Hey, you know, let's, let's sail to, you know, South America and, you know, you set off and it's good because you're on the way. You don't need to know exactly where you're going, but you're, 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 you're sailing because otherwise you're sitting in the port and, mm. you know, all that equipment's just getting rusty and not used. Um, but if you get like half the way, three quarters of the way and you go, Hey, you know what, let's go to Europe instead. You're already halfway there. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not a big deal. Like you, you're on the way. Um, but, you know, I think one of the limiting beliefs um, and blocks can be, uh, I think maybe not knowing exactly what it is, but if like the end goal, that is mm. not, not knowing what you're working toward. And it can be overwhelming to, to go, hey, what do we want to do in retirement? Um, but, you, you know, that can change. So, yeah. So what, what, do you, what do you think is the biggest block that people have with their finances? It, a lot of it is energy and belief. Mm. And, you know, I remember when I started, I I was like, oh, my God, you know, this person's got so much money. And, you know, I was like, whoa. And, you know, and even around 
income and salary and and then seeing what they had in their superannuation and, and everything. And I'm like, whoa, you know, this is huge. And now uh, the people that I have seen and, and see and, and kind of what, you know, what's in front of me is, is absolutely not overwhelming at all. It's just numbers, um, you know, so you can see uh, tens of millions and, you know, but, but even some financial advisors find that overwhelming because, you know, if they're used to just working or, or you know, with limiting beliefs around the numbers too, so it affects them too. So mm-hmm. the biggest thing is that, um, you know, I think people uh, subconsciously put a ceiling on their abundance and their flow. So they think in their mind of what is a lot of money, but, you know, the universe can send you things that are way more than you could have even thought of or imagined. So, but if you open the door to that, um, you know, and you just think, Hey, it's not. And there's so many examples you could talk to of everyday people. And, you know, I had an old roommate and and she had that limiting belief around her career and her income. And I said, why are you limiting yourself? Just open it up. And then, you know, it, it takes time. It's not an overnight thing, but suddenly when you change that mindset and you attract, um, you know, those, those numbers and, and, and more for yourself, um, you can't believe it. Like you, you know, it's good. So I would say the, the biggest blocks are around your own beliefs yeah. of what is a lot. Um, secondly, I find some people in like, I'm, I'm deeply spiritual and so very in line with, you know, I've been following your, uh, updates for years as well. And I think that in the spiritual world too, sometimes money can be seen as a dirty thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it can be, it is quite tied to, uh, materialism, um, greed, uh, fear, you know, things like that. And so at the end of the day, it is just energy. It's a form of energy currency where you're exchanging something in exchange for something that you would like or need, like a goods or services type transaction. Mm. So don't think of it as anything more than that, because I think that's another block is that, um, you know, you don't have to be enlightened to not have money. No, and I I think also there's such a direct correlation between the worth that we put on money and the worth that we have for ourselves. So how we value ourselves and the value that we see in the work that we do and what we're willing to take for it. And one of the big blocks I see in the spiritual community is that people think that if they're being of service, then, you know, they need to, like, that should be enough, that they shouldn't have to charge for their services or they feel guilty charging for their services because, oh, they should just want to show up and do it. But that's Mm. that's not the case because we're all trying to survive in the world and build a living for ourselves. And like you said, money is just another form of energetic currency. Well, yeah, another way of looking at that too is that, you know, they're winning and you're not. So <laughs> if they're getting a benefit and you're not. So if you're giving something that's of value and you're changing someone's life or you're helping them out and they're grateful for that, um, the, 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 the laws of that are that, you know, you get something for that too in exchange. Otherwise, you're breaking that. And so you can both win. 
like as in it's a win it should be a win-win not a win-lose to you where you're sort of saying oh no you know oh, i feel bad charging and and so it is a big thing around the mindset of of, of that and um and i see it all the time because like can you imagine you know you go and kind of step into this world and then and then jump back out it's kind of like i got a foot in each camp like yeah. you and I remember working in private bank and that was awful, like in terms of um, the energy and the, and the mindsets and, you know, I think how, um, you know, materialistic, but um, yeah, it's, it's sort of like funny when you go in and out. And um, I think another thing around that is to, when you kind of get too involved in, in um, materialism and things, uh, there's a whole marketing culture around, you know, consumption and, and, you know, money and buying things. And, um, you know, people get swept up in that too. Yeah. With unnecessary purchases and, um, and, and that's what unravels a lot of financial things, you know, unnecessary subscriptions, um, you know, you want to feel better. So you jump on, uh, you know, online shopping, like, yeah. you know, just, yeah, yeah. So, yeah I it's guess, deeply related yeah yeah absolutely and I guess it's about well I know it is for me most definitely and this is the shift I've been making in the last 12 months is really being very conscious and present with the purchases that I make because money can come in but you it, it's your job to look after it when it arrives you know and so for so long I, I, I've always had money coming in it's never been an issue for me but keeping it there is definitely an issue and, That's funny and you said the, that, leakages, yeah. like the yeah. leakages I have have been yeah. my issue so I've really had to bring some presence and mindfulness and conscious thought to it well, that's it, like 100%. So you know that most lotto winners lose it all in a year or two? Yeah, it's crazy. So they have this sudden inflow of abundance and money and then they just get rid of it because, um, you know, whether it's like, oh, I want to gift this away, I want to buy this, I want to do that, I want to help them out here, suddenly it's gone and, um, and, th and that's back to, uh, you know, saying, hey, I want it but you're not holding onto it. And so that's another mindset thing. And it's also really like, it's just a bit of the finance behind it too. Like if you're in a situation like that, the best thing you could do is get advice, uh, invest that, set it up differently, and then that will last a long time. And basically you can help people for a very long time just in, in increments as opposed to this thing that's a one-off hit and then is gone forever yes, um, yes. yeah so keeping it in the you know in the wallet is or the purse is yeah a big thing as well and then I guess like there must be this really fine line and you probably see it quite a bit is you know like being smart with your money and then being tight with your money because it's like yeah. you should be able yeah. to enjoy it right hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen some grumpy retiree just sort of being very frugal. I remember working at a golf course and we're in the Sunshine Coast and uh, I was just like, oh my God, you know? Um, yeah. It was literally just like, uh, you know, you're in this beautiful, you know, course and, and, you know, like it would cost a bit and it's nice. And I mean, yeah, haggling over 10 cents, uh, yeah. it, it's just, 
kind of but look so some people have gotten there um but by, by being that way uh, i certainly don't want to get into a uh, you know wealthy position at the end and be like that i, I you know i think um that whole law of attraction as well is um you know paying it forward and doing unexpected things not expecting in return and mm. you know that opens the flow to come back to you as well so um yeah, you don't need to necessarily be that. I think just mindful with what your purchases are and if they're serving a purpose. And, you know, another thing is you don't have to say yes to everything and probably how you respond is a big impact too. So when you say like, you know, the words I am and and how powerful they are, when you say I can't afford, Mm. Um, that is a very limiting, um, you know, form of energy that will will block you too. So, rather than saying that I can't afford this, uh, you can say, um, you know, oh, I'm prioritizing something else right now. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah like rather than saying, oh, you know, I'd love that, but I can't afford that. Just go, oh, look, you know, um, you know, it sounds amazing. Um, you know but I've got another priority right now that I'm putting my money and energy into. So, you know, then you kind of, I guess, changing the conversation away from lack. I think that's, I think that's paramount. And it's one of the things I was trying to communicate with this Taurus full moon that we just had, you know, like it's offering us all of this potential for abundance, but it's what you do with it. And if you say, oh, well, there's all this abundance here, but I can't afford to do anything with it because I'm in this position, you're coming from a place of lack and scarcity. So you're cancelling the abundance out almost immediately without even doing anything yet. So like really shifting that mindset and the way that you look at your finances, whether you have a dollar in your account or $1 million in your account, each, each increment in between looking at it with an abundance mindset. So yeah, totally relate to what you're saying. Absolutely. Let's talk about debt because I think that a, a lot of people are in debt, especially a yeah. lot of people of our generation. Um, where, okay. where do we yeah. start with that? Because I, I feel like sometimes, you know, you might start to have all this money coming in and you want to do amazing things with it. And then you've got this huge like hex debt sitting there or credit card debt sitting there. And yeah. Is it best just to pay all of that off or like what's the best way to, to tackle debt? Uh, if it's if it's uh, bad debt, pay it off. If it's good debt, uh, don't worry about it. And, and, and so good and bad is um, good is an investment that's going to grow in value like a house or an investment or an investment property. Uh, so if you've got an investment property, it's most of the time, like every, every situation is different, but most of the time it's better to have as much debt on that as possible okay. uh, on the investment property. Um, and, and that depends on your tax situation, the ownership, ownership structure of the property. Um, you know, if you've got it in a trust or a company or, or your own name. Um, but, and, and even with houses, right? Like a lot of people get toward the end of, um, you know, their working careers and they're sort of, you know, um, you know, mid fifties getting to sort of, you know, early mid sixties going, Oh, should we pay off the mortgage or pay into super? Um, and that's sort of something where, look, you should really like consider your own circumstances and get advice, but you know, largely just do both because, um, when you've got more in super, 
the, the, like I, I'm, I've gone on a tangent. I'm going to come back to debt, but why super is so good is that it's the most tax effective structure there is, um, you know, in terms of where you should hold your money. And, mm-hmm. and basically at the moment, each person can basically save in their up to $1.6 million each. And um, when you get that in there uh, and then you decide to retire and if you move that to a pension phase, the current rules are that you've got to draw a minimum of 4% uh, and, and a maximum of 10%. So what it means is that if you got to that situation and you had that much in your super fund and you moved it to pension phase, um, you draw like a minimum of around, you know, 80, 80K tax-free a year um, with, a, with a max of up to about 160. You can always pull lump sums out, but what I'm saying is that if you're drawing that 80K tax-free and your partner is too, um, you know, you're kind of laughing. So there's no tax to pay on that and then the investment can still grow and that'll last you a very long time. Um, whereas if you were kind of heading in and you just paid down your house debt uh, and you didn't have any superannuation, you'd have a really nice place to live, but um, you know, you don't really have an income and, and then you've got to try to somehow get the age pension, which is getting harder too. Mm. Um, so then coming all the way back down to the spectrum where you know, there's credit card debts, hex debts, um, car loans, personal loans, uh, all that sort of stuff. When we're talking, and this was a bit of a light bulb for me, you know, if we're sitting in front of somebody and you know, we're talking around a long-term investment, um, you know, an amazing investment return is, you know, average of 10% a year. And that's that's in investment growth in, you know, shares and things like that. I mean, it's not always going to be like that, but I mean, it's it's kind of like a long-term game. So if you had money and no debt and we're saying to you like, oh, look, you know, let's try and shoot for the 10%, like, you know, and then on the flip side, you've got debt. And we're talking about credit cards and things. So credit cards, some of the cheaper sort of low interest, they're like 13%. Um, you know, then they were up to 15, 18, some are 23%. So just think about that. I mean, on one hand, if you're investing, we're talking about how good a 10% return will be. And, it, and if you get that, that's awesome. But on the flip side, we're talking about debt. And if you're paying the bank, 13, 15, 20, 25% in interest. Isn't that just insane? It's like, insane. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you're basically, the, the bank is using you as an investment to make money and you've got to keep paying it all off. And then, yeah, so it's just it's just crazy. So credit cards are bad. Um, you know, personal loans are bad. Hexes, you know, hex, don't worry about, I mean, like you're going to just pay that off when you do your tax anyway. So when you're over a certain income, mm. it's just going to get paid off anyway. So don't worry about HEX. But yeah, those and the HEX loan rates are very low. But the other two are just, are just not, not a good idea. Um, and, you know, we talked about a house debt and investment debt. And, and, and again, I mean, look, a house debt is non-deductible. So the quicker you pay it down, the better. So it's not a bad idea to, you know, try and pay that down really quickly, but not at the expense of, you know, not doing super two. Because if you're in your 30s 
and you can put in a bit of extra super now every year, um, whether that be one grand, three grand, um, five grand, it, it, you can do it as a salary sacrifice, which means it's a tax deduction. So it means that it brings down the tax you pay to the government. Um, you're building up your long-term savings by doing it. And when you compound that growth for, from age 30 to sort of 65, 70, um, you'll get, you know, those numbers we talked about, you'll easily hit that. Um, you know, if you've got, if, if you're working and, and, you know, you'll, you'll get there. Um, so it, it's kind of like a bit of both. Um, with credit cards, I'd probably say the most overwhelming thing could be, you know, whether you're embarrassed, you don't want to talk about it with your partner, um, you know, basically how they work is um, they get you into a position where it really stretches your cost of living and affordability because if that debt and you're not paying it down keeps accumulating, uh, you can get to a position where you've got income from work coming in, a lot of your expenses can be going to the credit cards, which are, you know, can be the same as what you're paying off on a mortgage. Um, and you can get into this situation where you, you're not really getting, getting ahead and, and, um, yeah. So if you've got it, you've got to really list the cards and things down, um, make a, make a little spreadsheet or a note pad, um, list them down then find out what the interest rate of the debt is. So whether it's 10, 13, 15, 20%, um, find out the balance owing on it uh, and then kind of work out in order which one you should pay down first. So you can either do this thing called like a debt avalanche or a debt snowball and you kind of, you know, channel all the extra income into one and then as soon as that one's crossed off you have a little party and then you just channel all your money into the next one and then um you cross that one off and then you've got even more to just channel into the others and it creates this snowball avalanche effect where you know rather than paying all of them off on a minimum you just kind of you know putting a fire hose onto this thing and and getting them down i love that idea that sounds really good and also a kind of um you can get a, a, a no interest sort of balance transfer and there's websites that you can kind of call up and like you can put it in and see that they might offer 0% interest for like 24 months. So what you can do is kind of, you know, with some of those credit card debts or things like that, you can kind of say, all right, well, can we just balance transfer them onto one and, and, and effectively it just can help pay it down. Um, where where people get stuck with those is you know they can do that and then suddenly just start spending again so you know you've got to come back to the root cause you've got to come back and go okay we're gonna just like buckle down it's going to be a tough couple of years but if you don't do that now it's going to come back later in some point in time so you need to draw a line in the sand and you need to kind of say, okay, now is the point that we'll deal with it and your future self will thank you tenfold for, for, for doing that. But if you keep ignoring it, it's just going to like kicking the can down the road. 
you know, it's just going to get to a point where you're going to have to deal with it at some point and you're really going to impact your, your kind of long-term, um, you know, retirement and, and future. Yeah. Okay. So credit card debt, that's the first thing people need to start tackling to get themselves in a better financial situation. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. All right. What are some other things that people can start to do to educate themselves a little bit more about money? Cause I think that's a, that's such a massive thing for people is this story of, Oh, I never learned about money. You know, like we were talking about before, they never told me at school. My parents never taught it to me. So I've, you know, I've just had this miseducation. I don't understand it. So if people want to understand it a little bit better, what, what are some of the things they can do to better educate themselves? Definitely like Google's Google's your friend. So, you know, Google, um, you know, you can kind of jump on a website, uh, read books, blogs, like, you know, just money tips. There's so many things out there. Just avoid getting sucked into a scam with that too. Cause a lot of, a lot of those, um, people will kind of sometimes have an agenda, I guess, of, um, you know, wanting to funnel you into their product or their, um, you know, investment thing. So I think if you just say purely from an educational perspective, what can I learn? Um, I'd just say, look, um, become an expert on super. Just what I mean is like most people don't open those statements, but I'm telling you that's gold. Like that is the most tax effective way that you can save for the long term. Uh, and it's awesome. And people, people ignore it because they don't understand it. Um, but if you find out where it is, how much you've got, how many accounts you have, uh, and, and basically just tidy that up, you can get one-off advice. Uh, you can, you know, set that up. Once you have a little bit of a plan, like I said before, if you put in a bit extra uh, and you do it by your employee, um, you know, with work, it's a tax deduction. If you do a little bit a year for like 30, 40 years on top of what you're paying in there, um, you know, you're laughing. So Can I ask you a question about super? Yeah. I um I worked for like ten years in publishing for a company and so mm. they paid my super for me and that was all great. And then I left and I started working for myself and um I consolidated all of my super into the one fund but just have not contributed to it at all in the last five years. Most self-employed don't do it, um, but it's a balance. So I understand why. The thing is that um, business is always a risk and it's not a sure thing. And so from a diversification and risk management perspective, it's always a good idea to just keep paying your super because, you know, otherwise you're just trying to rely on, you know, the end of, um, you know, your working career, having a business that, that you, you know, you sell and, and that's what everyone wants to do. But, um, you know, it, it may or may not happen. You know, you, you can't kind of foresee that. And the best thing, the best advice is that if you are self-employed, keep paying your super, um, you know, absolutely keep paying, paying into your super. Uh, and there's a really good calculator on an ASIC website yeah. called Money Smart. And if you just Google ASIC money compound interest calculator, um, I love that thing. So you can kind of put in and you, you just go like, this This is how we would have cheated at school if we didn't have to, you know, use calculators or whatever. But 
online here with Google, like you just chuck in your, your starting balance of what you got in super, uh, how many years till you want to retire. Like, you know, I think the age is about 70 these days, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but um, chuck that in and then put in the interest rate of what you think the fund is earning. Like, you know, 8% is probably a good conservative um, kind of number or, you know, you can even go 7% in there. Um, I always dial it up to 10 because I'm kind of, you know, making mine grow pretty good. But, um, and then (laughs) you can kind of of then just see, you know, how much are you putting in? And if you're putting in nothing, you'll see what you'll end up with. Mm. Um, But if you put in, you know, like five grand, 10 grand, 15 grand, um, you can put up to 25 in that way uh, a year. Um, So, you know, you can kind of play around with those figures and and just go oh look you know if i put in x amount um a year what will it look like and it will show you what you'll end up with at the end and that's a really good motivator because you can kind of then go oh like i really should be doing this and yeah interesting um, is there like a percentage of your earnings that you think we should be contributing to super yeah so just just go with 10 percent like so um the 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 rate is nine and a half percent of your salary at the moment and it's okay. meant to go up. Um, but you know, effective if you could do fifteen, that's great. Um, whatever it is, just whatever you're earning, um, you know, if if you've got the cash flow and and you know, you, you can, um, you know, up to the twenty five thousand is great. Um a year and it's tax deductible, um is a contribution. But yeah, it's um it's really like an individual, um you know, uh, circumstantial thing as well. And if you do kind of get an inheritance or come into money too, you know, you can do another one which is a hundred, um, but it's non-deductible um, a year. And then there's all sorts of other rules too, like you can bring that forward and do a, a hit of three hundred in one year, yeah. uh, and then kind of wait another three years. But I think in back in the day people used to just sort of get right up to that point of retiring and go, oh, cool, like, you know, let's get advice now. Let's build the super now. And and you can't do that now. You can't just go and, you know, dump a heap of money and you've got to do it slowly and over time. That's Uh, so interesting. I didn't – I actually didn't realise that. And to be honest with you, like, my whole life my dad has talked about super. Like, he's always like, I'm saving for my super fund, you know. And and I was always like, (laughs) oh, my God, Dad, that is so boring. But I, I totally get it now. I get it and I see the importance of it. And like I said, I haven't been contributing to mine for, yeah, probably the yeah. past five years, but I'm definitely going to make that priority now. Well, it's it's the easiest thing that everybody listening can go and do is, you know, dig out the thing, dig out the balance, dig out the statement, go, where the hell is it? Uh, is it good or not? Um, what's my return? How much have I got? Do I need to pull them into one fund? You know, am I putting extra in? Um yeah, like the, the 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 gold at the end of the rainbow is is um, that when you are um, you know retiring that your money doesn't have to work half as hard. So you know how we're talking about those incomes. Well, you know it's the equivalent of um, yeah, like you know in a taxable income. If you're a couple and you're you're pulling that minimum, um, the what is it? Uh, it's one sixtieth equivalent of about a two hundred fifty grand salary. Um, so it's quite a big difference. Yeah, huge difference. What? what yeah. How does it work with um, 
like partners in relationships that retire together can you combine your funds or is it always a separate individual thing um there's a there's a thing about super splitting um but largely your super is yours so it's tied to your name you've got a balance and your partner does too and uh probably one of the biggest areas that um you know women get i guess shortchanged is you know what we're talking about value um and I think when you have kids, if you're sort of, you know, a stay-at-home mom or, or, or you're working at home, um, this is the biggest thing. Like, people don't realise that's a job. Mm. And if you as a mum had gone back into the workforce and you needed someone to kind of look after the kids and everything, to hire all that help and everything, you'd be paying 80 grand or more a year. Yeah, so yeah. the role of a mother is worth about 80 grand. Of, of income a year and that's where the value that you bring to your family and house is is invaluable because that enables the other partner to to work and help bring in income too and the bit where i think they get ripped off is that there isn't salary coming in and so because there isn't a salary coming in there's no super money going in either and that's where you get this disparity because if someone's had you know 10 years, um, five, 10 years off to have kids, um, you know, and then going back in the workforce or, you know, even longer, um, you can kind of end up with a smaller balance. So, um, yeah, you can contribute to your partners. You can kind of build them up together. But at the end, I mean, it depends how much. You can have your own self-managed super fund. You can, um, you know, have your own super balances and super split. Um, It's really, um, yeah, up to the couple. Yeah, okay. And I mean, it, look, it definitely sounds like something that you would want to be talking to a financial advisor about, especially when it comes to things like an inheritance coming in or, Absolutely. I, I don't know, like yeah. royalties from a book or whatever it might be, like really kind of talking to someone about how can I best manage this? How's it going to serve me? Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, you know, I think when you have a bit of an idea and that thing's under control, you kind of, the I think you just, it helps in every other area of life, you know, because you're not sort of, um, you know, we're talking about ignoring statements and bills because they might look nasty, but yeah. you, know, you know how good it's going to feel when you're on top of it and you're opening that stuff and you know, and you're like, yeah, I've done it. Um, you don't have to worry anymore. So um, I think kind of just on all levels, like spiritually, mentally, emotionally, you know, from just a practical day-to-day point of view, Getting on top of uh, your finances and money and, you know, as soon as you can is just so important. Yeah, and I guess it's about having awareness of the position you're in and then the clarity about where you want to go. Do you think that's it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a really good place to start um, when you're going, what are are my views too, is, you know, how does this make me feel? Like, and this is a bit of a weird psychological No, you're area, speaking my language, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, so so you sit down and just go, okay, well, you know, how does this make me feel? Like, if I get a statement in the mail, am I, you know, embarrassed, afraid? Like, so you just write those things down in your journal, then you go, well, why? And then explore that. And it can help untangle those mindset abundance mm-hmm. blocks about your relationship with money and you know do you see it as a good thing do you see it as 
bad or evil and why is it even duality it's just energy and i mean if you kind of delve into that a bit and understand your own subconscious blocks that can really be the key to sort of you know taking that first step forward and then we talked about all those practical things too whether you're in um you know if you've got debts why you should pay them down um the steps you should follow and um, you know, it's pretty practical and you can just Google this stuff too. And there, there's information out there. I've, I'm kind of working on a free ebook. I was going to give out at some point. I've yeah. just got to get around to, I need, I need someone to kind of look at it and go, it sounds good because I'm, <laughs> I'm delving into this sort of, um, you know, pretty hectic, uh, world of, you know, acronyms, terms, and, and then I'm kind of stepping back out and trying to make it sound simple. <laughs> It's yeah. quite a challenge. It's a, yeah. it's a gift as well. Well, if you need someone to look over it, more than happy to have a read through for you. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, I love that. But yeah, well, if, if we can do that and then send it out to everybody, I yeah. mean, that's got everything in it. Like um, it's got the one-on-ones that you should do in a bit more depth. So, yeah, um, beautiful. Yeah, but otherwise you could just Google this stuff and, um, you know, it's pretty practical um, steps of what you should do. Do you have any, are there any books out there that are just like the oracle for this sort of thing? Look, um, I, I did read Barefoot Investor and he's got a good following and um, the Money 101 stuff is good. I don't really like some of the other stuff in it because it's not like, for instance, he, he was sort of pushing everyone into Host Plus and saying they should go into that. I've had clients come to me with that and... Uh, our, like the, you know, I, I kind of go out and I find the best of breed, like whatever the best is out there. Uh, and I've done that and it's cheaper than host plus. So okay. going to an advisor isn't always like a bad thing and there's better things out there. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's your, it's your personal circumstances, right? So I guess it's hard to address everybody in, in a book. It is. And, and one of the biggest things missing is advice around what, is important to you because you know if you're heading down this path it might be completely inappropriate and cost you a lot of money mm. um so just even things like structures um you know whether you should set up an investment company or a trust so um yeah and and why you would want to do that and it's and, and it can actually save you a lot in the long time the long run too um you know we talked about you know building superannuation and growing that and um, yeah, so it, I mean, everybody's, you know, very unique in, I guess, what they want out of life and why and, and what they're trying to achieve. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the Money 101 stuff, there's great books like it, that is a good book to read just to, just to get your cash flow in order. Um, you know, talks a bit about paying down debt and things like that, which is good. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. I have one more question for you. Um, yeah. What star sign are you, Jimmy? Oh, so I'm Virgo. I was. Um... <laughs> Do you know that all financial advisors I know or have spoken to are Virgos? Really? Yeah. It's so funny. I um, and then I don't know. Like I, I kind of, I'd always read them, and I'm like, no, that's not, that's not me. But then I, I'm on a cusp. Like I'm 22nd of September, um, 85. So I am on the cusp too, and I've read that they're. There is some views, I don't know what you think, but about there being a cusp sign between Virgo Libra. Yes. And I was like, and when I read those, I'm like, oh, 100%, that, that feels like it's me down to the T. <laughs> oh, well, there you uh, go. 
Yeah, but then some people are like, no, astrology is like black and white. It's like stamp, nut, you're one or the other, that's it. So, yeah. No, it's absolutely not black and white. And I, I guess it has so much to do with your full natal chart as well. So, like your moon yeah. sign and your rising sign. It's so funny because Virgos, you know, Virgos are, are an earth sign, so they can be very practical and it's all about the tangible material world. Um, absolutely and nature as well like uh you know connecting with nature being close to nature using nature and i know you do a lot of work with um wwf and yeah wildlife and all that sort of stuff so you you're fitting the virgo mold from that perspective and also numbers and organization and planning does that describe you yeah 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 absolutely yeah no, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, no. thank you so much for joining me today oh, no and doing this interview. I think it's going to be really helpful for people. I know it was super helpful for me, especially this debt snowball. Is that what we call it? Debt yeah, yeah. Debt snowball or debt avalanche. I yeah. like that. I really like that idea. And I'm really going to start thinking more about contributing to my super as well. If people want to find more out about you yep. and what you do and your services, where can they go? Uh, so website, jamesstreetfinancial.com.au beautiful and instagram just for fun and uh, yeah yeah instagram uh jimmies.paradise beautiful all right i'm gonna put all of that in the show notes of the show um yeah so nice chatting to you enjoyed that episode with Jimmy Uh, like I said in the intro I got so much out of it and I'm so glad that I got the opportunity to share it with you guys Um, if you're interested in becoming a Lunar Lover member there's some exciting new things happening in there I've just introduced a 14-day free trial so if you've been interested to see what happens once you become a Lunar Lover member and have a bit of a poke around you can now do that without paying a cent you can cancel at any time within the first 14 days um i've just put a new meditation in there that will help you get to sleep at night i don't know about you guys but the taurus full moon really messed with my sleep and i've also found just the energy of scorpio season and the mercury retrograde that we're currently experiencing um has really kind of got my energy fired up right before I go to sleep. So I really needed something just to calm me down and get me in the sleep zone. So I've put together this guided meditation, which has worked for me and I'd love it to work for you. I'm actually going to keep it in the meditation library permanently. I'd usually take uh, the meditations down after the lunar cycle is complete, but this one's going to stay in there. If you join now, you'll get access to the current meditation that was in there for the Scorpio new moon. And then on November 27, we're experiencing the Sagittarius new moon. So there'll be a new guided meditation available to guide you through the energies of the Sag New Moon. You'll also get some journal prompts for the Sag New Moon and you'll also get access to the Sagittarius New Moon online circle. That's where I guide you through video, through a delicious new moon ritual and we'll really dive deep into the energies of that Sagittarius New Moon. If you'd like to become a Lunar Lover member, all you have to do is click the link in the show notes or head to jordanalevine.com forward slash Lunar Lover. 
I'm your host, Jordana Levine, and you've been listening to Luna Lover, the podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 